And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Covering down on some ground across the great state of northern Alabama or the great state of North Alabama. Great part of northern Alabama. I'm talking about we go way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, all thrown in for good measure. And uh, listen, we're going to the phones right now. He just called in. Boomer, you were literally answering phones, pushing buttons, dialing down all at the same time, man. You were. I was. I was trying. I'm sorry, uh, you Congressman were, Moore, if I got a little flustered. That was my fault. <laughs> you were multi. No, bro. You. I was sitting over here impressed. I was, all I had to do was talk. You were over there like both hands were going. And <laughs> hey, listen, uh, we're going to go to the phones right now. Uh, Congressman Barry Moore uh, is somebody who I was proud to serve with in the uh, Alabama legislature. He has now been serving in Congress uh, for the last several years. Uh, just won re-election to his second term and uh, is one of the more conservative members of Congress in general and certainly of the U.S. delegation from, from Alabama. Uh, so let's welcome him to the show right now. Congressman Barry Moore, how you doing today, sir? Phil, I am doing fine. I am coming to you live on the steps of the U.S. Capitol waiting to vote for another round of speakers. Well, I, I'm watching right now. It looks like nominations are underway for round number nine. Is that right? That is correct. I think Matt Rosendale from Montana, who's actually a freshman classmate of mine, is right now nominating, I believe, Byron Donald. I, I had to step off the floor to, to do the call, and I actually went to the cloakroom, but every phone booth in there was full, so I had to come out on the steps to get a little sunshine while we talked. Well, a little fresh air won't hurt, but uh, I'll tell you, Congressman, uh, this has been something to watch, and I think the, 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 the general consensus of my audience and, and really of me on this show, too, is what an amazing thing to get to watch actual debate with with seats you know being filled on the house floor uh in a substantive fashion i, I mean i recognize there may be frustrations at some point but at the same time this is to me this is democracy in action what are your thoughts absolutely I, as historic as it is i think they said we had uh, nine votes in 1923 i think this is number nine in 2023 so 100 years but it's good to have the process even play out in the public eye and for us to debate and nominate, and you know, I feel it's seventy percent of the Republican caucus is new since Trump was elected in twenty sixteen. So this is not business as usual in Washington D.C. Now that we have the majority, yeah, we got steamrolled the last twenty four months. But now that we have the majority, there is going to be debate. There's going to be disagreement. There's going to be an expression of speech, and and certainly uh, uh, try to argue your point and who you like and who you don't like. And so that's what's playing out right now on TV and on C-SPAN and the world as you watch is we are going through a process of trying to find a speaker. Those of us to the right of the conference are trying to get the most conservative speaker we can get and the best rules package, while at the same time getting to 218. It's like a Kevin McCarthy has 222 frogs in a barrel. He's trying to keep them from jumping out. So we're, we're trying to, to work through that process. Negotiations are ongoing, and we'll see how it plays out. Well, so let me ask you, uh, uh, Representative Moore, the um – the, you you had uh, sort of intimated early on that you weren't sure you were on board with McCarthy, but you have been voting for him for the last, uh, I guess, seven, eight votes. Um, where do you see it going? Because I believe, I, I understand yesterday in 1819 News, it was said that you said that at some point McCarthy may have to step aside and even nominate somebody to take his place in the uh, nominations process. So what's up with yeah, your vote are, and where do you see it going? Yeah, Phil, I got asked that question a lot in the last few weeks because about 60, 70 percent of the House Freedom Caucus are standing with McCarthy right now. We have members within the House Freedom Caucus that are not for McCarthy. But for a while, I was a hard nothing. In other words, I wouldn't give the media any answer, hard yes or no, because I wanted to make sure that we kept negotiations open. And I can tell you, McCarthy has made some concessions on rules that I appreciate. 
He's done everything he can to get the 218, but talking to some of my friends on the floor from the, from the House Freedom Caucus, they don't think he's going to get there. And I just talked to McCarthy on the floor a little bit ago. I think he maybe sees the writing on the wall. He tells me it's in works and they're going to get there. But we just – I don't know. I thought after last night, after the recess and the, the meetings with Chip Boy and, and the number of the, the descendants or detractors, that he would probably come out a little better today, maybe be at 212. Hadn't moved the needle yet. No, still at 221 right now. Or, or actually 21 losses, I mean. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, so, so let me ask you this. Um, I saw this morning, and I'm going to detail it with my show here in a little bit when you, we get off the phone, but uh, that Club for Growth has actually been in the background working with uh, McCarthy's super PAC to make sure that, you know, part of the concessions are that they don't engage in primaries in such a way as to prevent conservatives from being to run against incumbents um, and that that may or may not already be an agreement. Have you seen that happening? Is Club for Growth on board with McCarthy yet? Do you know? Well, we, we heard, I heard the same thing you heard, Bill, that Club was there. And then Chip Boy is very close to Club, I think, in a lot of ways. And the fact that he hasn't moved his vote yet makes me think that, that Club is not quite there. But I think Kevin did hurt himself, obviously, planning some of these primaries, open primaries primarily, Bill, where you had a, uh, you may be a, what we'd consider an establishment running against maybe a House Freedom Caucus person. And what happened was that left a bad taste in a lot of these folks' mouths that yeah. have, happened to win. And so they they haven't gotten over that. So they can't get to a yes for McCarthy because of uh, – and look, I thought – you know, I didn't have any associations, endorsements. But at some point, I remember Micah 6 eight, it says, you do justice, you love mercy, and walk humbly. So at my point, when after I won the runoff and got into this thing, I'm like, Lord, I'm going to do my best to do justice. I'm going to love mercy, and I'm going to walk humbly. So certainly my heart breaks for Kevin. I know he's worked as hard as anybody has. But if he's not the man for the job and can't get to 218, it might be time for him to step back and say – who can we all get behind? We've got moderates in our group, too. It's not just like House Freedom Caucus. we got moderates in the, in the caucus, you know, in conference and, you know, may have won a Biden district. And so it's going to be tough to find somebody that we can all agree on, but we'll get there. I just don't know how long this is going to take. Well, I guess uh, so. Here's here's two other questions for you as the guy who's in the thick of it right now is, number one, is there any concern that you're going to see a collaborative effort with Democrats to elect a speaker? And then number two is if they don't do that, and if it's not McCarthy, who do you think are the real strong names who may actually rise to the top and become someone that everyone can rally around together? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think that there's six of our members. That was a threat early on, uh, maybe a veiled threat, that they might go team with the Democrats and elect a really moderate speaker. But the Democrats assured us on the floor a while ago. I was talking to Matt Gates, and he, we, we asked a couple of Dems, and they're like, we're 212 for Hakeem Jeffries from here on in. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. They're not going to peel off and come help the Republican moderates get a speaker. So the next scenario is who is in line behind McCarthy? I think you have a couple of Steve Scalise, obviously, um, you know, he, he he's well-liked within the conference. I think he got a hundred percent of the votes in conference. So um, it, when he was running for whip. So, so let me say, I, or it would be what we call majority leader now. And then Kevin Hearn, a name that not many people know, has been circulated amongst House Freedom Caucus and some of the moderates on the floor that he's a business owner and been here since 2018, but he's a heck of a leader. He's going to be chair of the Republican Study Committee. His name is starting to circulate. So we'll see who else gets in there. I, you know, I like Jim Banks, too. So we'll just have to kind of see how it shakes out. But I don't think a House Freedom Caucus member is going to ever get to 218. So we as House Freedom Caucus have to agree to get somebody that will work with us on the rules, work with us on committees, and having a voice in the process while at the same time being able to get the rest of the conference behind. 
Well, and I, and I, I agree with all of that. So, um, you know, as we wind down our time here, I know you have to get back on the floor pretty soon, but um, there was one of your compadres, and I've forgotten who it was, but one of your peers in Congress this morning was on Fox News and, and literally said they felt like this process would probably not wrap up this week, that it would probably go through the weekend into tomorrow or to Monday. I mean, um, do you see it taking that long, or do you see something coming to a consensus before the weekend? It depends on House Freedom members. If we will take our foot off the gas and let us go into conference and recess for a little bit, vote to adjourn, then there's an opportunity to maybe seal something before the weekend. If not, it may drag out. Well, that's, that's, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I'll be honest with you. I go back to my original comments. I have been so proud to see this level of debate, this level of open discourse, and, 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 the, and like literally bodies in the seats, in the chamber, no proxy voting. Everybody's there. And, uh, and I, you know, I, let me ask you this, too, I guess as we, as we finish here. Dan Crenshaw, who I, by the way, like Dan Crenshaw. I've got great respect for him and his service. But I've been a little bit dismayed at comments that he and others have made seemingly intimating that how dare they have a differing opinion, how dare they not get on board. Um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the mood like on the floor? Is it still collegial and professional, or is it getting tense? What do you think? I, you know, I think people are, are, are starting to see the writing on the wall, but I am disappointed with some of the comments from members within our own conference. I mean, this is not a personal thing. This is a policy thing. And granted, I understand their frustration. Look, we're all here making history, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. At least everybody's here voting and talking. But, but I, you, know, I, you know, yeah, disappointed. But I think the mood on the floor right now is a, it's a realization setting in that Kevin may can't get there. And if he can't, we need to come out with a leader, somebody that we can get behind and, and say, okay, this is our guy. And everybody get behind him and let's get this thing done. Well, uh, Congressman, thanks for your time today, and thanks for your service to our state and, uh, and to our nation. And I just saw that uh, your colleague, Lauren Biebert from um, – Colorado just nominated Kevin Hearn, and they're going to a vote count right now, so I know you have to get back in there. So thanks again for your time. Yes, sir, my friend. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens. All Keep right, thank you. your prayers. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you. All right, folks, that was uh, Congressman Barry Moore, uh, who hails from South Alabama down in the Wiregrass area. Um, he, he and I both served in the state legislature at the same time. He was in the House. I was in the state Senate. And uh, he was always one of the more ardent conservatives um, uh, in the state House. And uh, now uh, in the uh, in the in the Congress, and uh, glad to see him up there. And, and and I love having people like that with a relationship that I can call and say, "Can you come on?" Because I, I just texted him last night, and he said, "Absolutely, I'll get my communications guy to set it up with you." So here he is, t- walking off the House floor in the middle of nominations uh, to make a call in. So anyway, you heard it. There it is. Nominations have been made. The uh, clerk of the House is now calling the roll for the ninth round of speaker votes. And we'll see how it goes forward. But I, I would dare say uh, they're not going to get there today. Um, but you know what? I am not perturbed. I do not see this as being like the downfall of U.S. You know, Western civilization, as some are claiming. I, I look at this as being totally healthy. This is what has to happen. And if you listen to, to, to Barry's point, uh, Congressman Moore's point a moment ago, uh, it's, it's well taken that since Trump was elected, 70 percent of Congress is new. 70 percent. And a whole lot of people who came in with the, the MAGA mentality, the, the, uh, the, the more of conservative bent, they're not establishment people. They haven't been there long enough to have the establishment grab hold of them. They're speaking their mind, and they're voting accordingly. And, um, you know, he pointed out, even the Freedom Caucus is divided. Part of them are voting for McCarthy, and part of them are saying no. But at some point, we're going to get there. And when we do get there, whatever concessions are made by conservatives, 
will not be made after this, this process. They can only be made in this process. They can only see change take place right now because once we get past this vote and we have a speaker, negotiations are generally speaking going to be done. So getting it done now is absolutely what has to happen. If you want to see the rules process change, if you want to see things like, you know, being allowed more time to read bills before they vote on them, if you want to see the spending spree put to an end, if you want to see conservatives being given a seat on the major committees to make decisions, if you want to see true investigations and up or down votes on things like term limits, if you want to see those things, it can only happen by these negotiations right now. So there you go. All right, Booms, take us to the break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back. Yeah, it's it's a it's a target rich environment, man. <laughs> uh, Gunner, load Sabo. Here we go. All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. 